the building, but where is Brian Middleton? Two feet in the parking lot and zero tires because Brian Middleton is on birthday vacation. You have a birthday on Sunday, and I guess that means you don't show up to work on a Friday. It makes absolutely no sense. But Brian Middleton is on vacation. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you here, taking you up until Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. Coming up tonight at 6.50, they play the Gwinnett Stripers again. What up, stream? Got you live. Everything's planned out. It's good when you get an opportunity to plan the show out. But when you're one-man band, then I guess... It's easier to plan it out. You only have to deal with one person. Nonetheless, we'll take you up till 6.50. Jumbo Shrimp Baseball coming up. Casey Kurtz will take you until then. We got gambling picks for the weekend coming up at 6.30. I'm also going to play you one of my interviews. It played uh, on the main show from 3 to 6. Never played on OT. Uh, but I had a conversation with J.C. Flowers a little bit ago, so I want to play that for you right here on Action Sports Jacks Overtime because we never got to play that one for you and I spent the time doing it and JC's a fun guy to listen to talk so we're going to do that in a little bit as well I just won a chicken wing eating contest against Aaron Schachter he's a loser and I'm a winner hopefully you saw that but if you didn't go back on the YouTube Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 just search it on YouTube and you can find a video version of me beating Aaron in a wing eating contest I'm sure you will find it on the social media platforms as it gets cut and put up so what do we have to do besides gambling picks for the weekend? What do we have to do besides Jumbo Shrimp Baseball? Well, what I like to do, folks, I'll let you in on the business a little bit, is I pull up ESPN.com and I say, all right, what have I missed throughout the day? What did I not see? And I didn't miss this, but I want to read this headline to you. That is a real thing. This is a top headline on ESPN, the front page of ESPN. You can find this right in front. And even Brett Martin is going to laugh as he picks up his pizza and leaves for the weekend. This is a real headline on ESPN. Jags cut kicker that hit bystander with errant field goal. Roll a commercial. <laughs> I should. I should. Roll the helmet. The, we will play the headmit for you if you missed that. We will play that for you before we get out of here. But that's a real thing ESPN put up. Jags cut kicker that hit bystander. Are you kidding me? Like... Listen, the national media never been a friend of Jacksonville, but, you know, is it really that much of a story that Andrew Mevis gets cut on a Friday at 444? I don't know. It's a great headline. World class. But, um, huh. my goodness, we will play the head uh, commercial for you. That is something that you can get to avoid getting hit by a errant field goal if you are in the Jacksonville media. So we will play the head mid conversation for you. But that is the Jags news of the day. Elliot Fry will be signed. He is a veteran kicker who's kicked four times in the league, so I don't know how veteran that really is. But he will replace Andrew Beavis, um, who hit some, some bystanders the other day. So Jags off on a Friday. That is the main Jag news. The loser, Aaron Schachter, is back to collect his belongings from the wing-eating contest. Thank you, good sir. Anyway, as we roll along, that's what's up with the Jags on a Friday going into the weekend. Pads go on on Sunday, but other than that, the Jags news will go away until Monday. And then obviously ramp back up. You got pads going on. You got Canton, Ohio coming up. Tony Baselli going in the Hall of Fame. Also the Hall of Fame game in which I have bet the Jags plus two or the Jags plus two and a half, depending on who you ask. I will take the two or the two and a half. So that's where we are with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Other news, though, around the NFL that we didn't get to from three to six. Uh, Chase Young uh, coming out of Washington Commanders camp 
tore his ACL last year, missed a lot of time, and that is a tough injury to come back from. Chase Young, according to Ron Rivera, will miss at least the season opener and possibly more. I don't want anybody to be hurt, so don't. That's not what I'm saying here. But uh, if you didn't know, the Jags do play the Washington Commanders in week one. So I don't want Chase Young to miss any time for injury. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But if you're going to have to miss a game, why not the season opener when Jacksonville comes to town? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Jags are going to win that game because Chase Young's not on the field. But Chase Young was the second pick of the draft. Chase Young has been disruptive in his first uh, couple of seasons. Injury plague, sure. But he's been when he's on the field, he's been disruptive for the Washington Commanders. So I like the Jags even better now. I, I told you I picked the Jags to win. I screamed on this microphone when the schedule got announced they were going to start 2-0 and after playing Carson Wentz and then the Colts here in Jacksonville. And I feel even better about that. Sucks for Chase Young, no doubt about it. Sounds like he is going to be back, though, at some point during this season. So that is good uh, for Chase Young and the Commanders. But no Chase Young, it sounds like, at least in the opener against Jacksonville. So in terms of a Jags standpoint, that is good news another one coming out of florida just not necessarily here in jacksonville uh buck center ryan jensen could miss months with a knee injury he went down in practice today um with an injury and that is another part of an offensive line that's going to protect tom brady that is now either hurt or retired obviously they lost ali marpet to retirement and now ryan jensen who has been good for them uh goes down with an injury card off the field todd Bowles says he is going to miss a good amount of time and i don't I don't know how much this is going to impact Tom Brady, right? He's he's the GOAT. But you do need to protect him. He's getting older, and by no means is Tom Brady a good mover. He does not move around hardly at all. You get a QB sneak or two, but the last thing you need to do is put Tom Brady under pressure, especially in what might be a last season. So how will the Bucks proceed? You, you're probably not going to sign a free agent and start him in front of Tom Brady. Uh, is there a trade option that they can make? Maybe is somebody going to get cut? Maybe, but unlikely. So the Bucks probably are in a pretty bad spot uh, in terms of offensive line. Julio Jones, though, did look good in training camp. You guys know me. I am not one for a training camp video to get all excited about, but he, he did look good in those videos. And I'm telling you, if they could find a way to play Godwin on the inside or even Evans on the inside and have Julio on the outside and he's half the guy he was in Atlanta, whew, you guys know if you've been here for a minute, I was a Julio Jones believer last year when he went to Tennessee, and that did not work. That did not work at all. He was on my fantasy team. It was absolutely brutal. I blame Ryan Tannehill. Julio Jones has a chance, though, on this team to become that guy that he was. He's getting older, sure. But I think this is a move that goes under the radar. If Julio Jones signs with a lot of other teams, I'm like, eh, you know, it's going to be more of the Tennessee guy. Tom Brady brings out the best in people. We've seen that for as long as I've been alive, it feels like. Uh, Russell Gage, by the way, Bill on the stream says Russell Gage. That's a good one. But if I, you know, unless you're running a four wide receiver set, which obviously they can and they probably will, I'm just wondering if you can find a way to get the tight ends involved and then have a Julio, Godwin, and an Evans set at one time. I think that'd be fascinating. But if you can get Gage in there and Julio, yeah, that could be scary because Tom Brady's going to make those guys very good. You got Leonard Fournette in the backfield, maybe, uh, you know, if he lost some weight. That was a big topic of conversation. Leonard Fournette had some fun with it on social media as well. So that's kind of going on the landscape of football on a Friday. Not a ton going on, but a couple of headlines to at least discuss. We had our first break of the day. We're going to play the head mitt commercial, by the way, in the break. You will hear that, so stay tuned. You might need a head mitt if you're out of Jack's camp, but maybe not anymore because the Jags cut the kicker that hit the bystander with the errant field goal. What a headline, but come on, ESPN. 
Come on. Not that. Anyway, we'll play the head mic commercial for you and then my conversation with J.C. Flowers. We got gambling picks for the weekend, and then we got Jumbo Shrimp Baseball up in Gwinnett. Stick with us, though. We got way more to do before we go to Jumbo Shrimp Baseball. Action Sports Shacks overtime. Casey Kurtz solo on a Friday. Brian Middleton enjoying the birthday weekend, and we will be back right after this. Friday Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. The weekend is almost here. If you're me, hopefully some of you on the way home from work right now about to start your weekend. Uh, hopefully some of you are already on the weekend. If you're just now starting your week, as I know some people do. I used to do it, folks. I'm, I was just like you. But now I don't have to work on the weekends. Thank goodness. Although I do have to work tomorrow, but that's that's not the point. Action Sports Jacks Overtime ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz flying solo. Brian Middleton started the birthday celebrations early on a Friday. His birthday is Sunday. A lot of people born on July 31st because also my wife Amanda born on July 31st. Um, so that is exciting. Happy birthday to her. Happy birthday to Brian Middleton. There's a couple other people in the company with birthdays. I'm not going to lie. I got the email. Uh, don't know those people or I'd give them a shout out. But, uh, you know, I'm not very... Observant, but I know it's Amanda's birthday, and I know it's Brian Middleton's birthday. So that's why Brian Middleton is out. We got Jumbo Shrimp Baseball coming up at 6.50 against the Gwinnett Stripers. They will be in Gwinnett all weekend, I believe. Undefeated in Gwinnett this week. We'll talk to Matt Davis here before we go to them. But before we do that, we got gambling picks for the weekend coming up in about 15 minutes. But until that time, um, I want to play you an interview that we played from 3 to 6 a little bit ago about last week. Um, but we never played it on OT, and I wanted to. J.C. Flowers is a guy played for Trinity Christian Academy right here in Jacksonville, then went on to Florida State, played for Mike Martin Sr., and was great. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates and I believe, what was the third round and has worked his way up the system right now. He is in Altoona. He'll tell you about uh, his movement through the Pirates system, but is having a really nice year in the back end of the bullpen, the Altoona curve. Looking for that call up to Indianapolis any time now. But if you heard it from 3 to 6, please... Listen to it again because it's really good. But if you haven't heard it, this is a conversation I had with J.C. Flowers about a week ago right before the minor league all-star break. Take a listen. We're celebrating local baseball in the area today on ESPN 690 Action Sports Jackson. Right now we catch up with a guy who had a pretty good career in high school and has continued that career into minor league baseball and eventually what will be Major League Baseball. Trinity Christian Academy star, FSU star as well, J.C. Flowers. J.C., how you doing, man? We appreciate your time today. I'm doing well, Casey. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is all ours, man. So here's a situation. People know you're in pro ball. You're with the Pirates, but I think it's cooler if you explain it. Where are you right now in the organization? Kind of just give the people a feel of where you're at right now in your career. Uh, right now I'm in uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. I'm in Double uh, A in the Eastern League. Uh, and my role right now is... More of a relief pitcher, but sometimes I, I start sometimes. So I'm kind of a Swiss Army knife when it comes to that. I like that. And it looks like, just from looking at your stats, it looks like you're having a one of your better, actually maybe your best statistical season ERA under three. Does Just what's working for you this year? Is it going to the bullpen more? I know you started a little bit earlier in your career, but is the bullpen working for you? Is your stuff just nasty right now? Or are you just getting better and better every day? Um, I think it's a culmination of all those things. I think uh, 
moving to the pen uh, helped me just kind of figure out my role as a whole. Uh, I think just jumping into the 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 mindset of a pitcher was was a huge transition going from college to professional. But um, also, I just feel like I'm throwing the ball well, filling up the zone, and just letting my stuff play and letting the guys that are behind me do their job as well. Absolutely. Ed. You pitched earlier today. Obviously, this is going to air in a couple of days, but you pitched earlier today before the All-Star break. Eighth inning, I believe it was. Are you usually a, a back-end guy, high-leverage situation, or they kind of move you around? I know you said Swiss Army knife, but it seems like you're in the back end a little bit, right? Yeah, I would say majority of my roles have been more in the back end, but uh, they kind of use me in all types of situations, and I just try to stay ready for each and every one. Absolutely. A couple of saves on the season. Let's take you back, man. Let's talk about Florida State a little bit. You were a two-way player at FSU, right? A little bit of hitting, a little bit of pitching. Now you're just pitching. What what happened with that? It looked like you had a pretty good stick going at FSU. Uh, you know, I thought the same thing. Uh, I thought I did really well on both, both sides of the ball. And uh, I think just going forward in my career, I think a lot of people – saw me more as a as a high level closer slash just kinda just had a good arm and and I'm okay with it. You know, I don't have any uh any gripes about it but it's cool. It's been it's been a fun ride for sure. Did you think when there was a chance when you got to Pirate City where you're like, Hey let me let me hit it a little bit or was it just like, you know what, I'll do what you guys want me to do? You know, I would say it's a little bit of both. You know, I try to I try to keep it in the ears like, hey, I can I can do do a lot of things, a lot of different things well, but at the same time I just try to go in there and just do my job. Do what I do what I was told to do. Absolutely. I like that. JC Flowers with us right now, former Trinity Christian Academy star, Florida State. Let's talk a little bit more about Florida State. A lot going on with the program right now, by the way. And if you're listening, you don't know, we're the home for Florida State here in Northeast Florida. You can hear baseball, football, and basketball as well right here on ESPN 690. But I want to make sure I have this right. I got this information from Florida State. I hope it's right because this is kind of a crazy stat, if you will. Here's what I got. Mike Martin's 1,999th win, you hit a walk-off. And then the next day says you hit a home run and picked up a save in Mike Martin's 2,000th win. Are those things correct? Those are correct. Is that, obviously, Mike Martin's a legend. We'll talk about that in a second. But is that something that you take good pride in? I mean, those are two pretty big wins for Mike Martin, and you you know you were a big part of them. Absolutely. I take uh, tremendous pride in those those two games just because of the legend that Mike Martin is and the things that he's done, the things that he's seen in, in his life as being a college baseball player and the just the honor to be able to close out those those wins for him were, were huge. Yeah, it's awesome. Talk to me a little bit more about Mike Martin. Obviously, Mike Martin Jr. took over for him. Now, Link Jared in charge there. But most wins in college baseball history. Give me give me something about playing for Mike Martin Sr. that nobody else would be able to tell me about that didn't play for him. Um, I think I would say that. For me, Eleven was more of like a grandfather figure. He was very, very old school, very focused on the the fundamentals of baseball, and everything else will take care of themselves. Uh, so I think he he did a great job of just like I said, instilling in us as players that there's more to more to life than baseball, and just uh, just giving us those valuable life lessons that he's given us. Those those were were big.
Absolutely, and I think it's I think it's really cool with a program like Florida State where you guys have Mike Martin, obviously football at Bobby Bowden. There's a lot of similarities when we talk to former players for Bobby Bowden or for Mike Martin. They give those same kind of what you pretty much what you just said about that. I think that's pretty cool about the program. How did you how did you end up at Florida State? Because you got drafted out of high school, right, and decided to end up going to Florida State instead. Uh, correct. So originally, I was uh, signed to the University of Kentucky. And I was supposed to play there, but they had a, the head coach at the time had resigned, so I had to get out of my uh, my NLI. And yeah, the first visit I took was to Florida State, and uh, I've had I think my roots have uh, always been in Tallahassee. Both of my parents attended Florida A&M University, so I think just going there, I just felt right at home, and it was an easy decision to pick the Knowles. And it, it absolutely worked out well for you. you. Ended up being drafted by the Pirates in the fourth round in 2019. We'll talk about the draft in a little bit because that is tonight. We'll get some thoughts on that. But, listen, my parents just moved to Tallahassee, J.C. Let me know when I go visit them, where's the spot I need to hit up for food. Like, don't don't tell me Burger King. Don't tell me Chick-fil-A. Give me somewhere that I should slide into and get some food next time I'm in Tally. I got two spots for you. You ready? Yes, sir. You, have, you definitely have to go to Gordo's. Okay. Gordo's is a, a Cuban kind of restaurant, but they, they serve it all. They have burgers and, you know, sandwiches, all, yeah. that, all that good stuff. And one of my personal favorites is uh, Kiku. It's a Japanese restaurant. They serve sushi and hibachi. It's, it's great, great stuff and for a good price. So Listen, you, JC, we don't know each other like that in person, but I'm a bigger dude, bro. I love to eat, so I'm I'm super excited to hear those things because i got to visit my parents. So uh, I'm definitely going to hit oh, up yeah. both of those spots right away. You definitely, definitely got to check those out, man. I'm in. I'm in. JC Flowers with us right now. I mentioned the draft, man. You got drafted twice, but obviously you signed when you go to the Pirates in the fourth round. Give, right. give me your best memory from the day you were drafted. How did that whole thing shake out? Because I think with the MLB draft, it's similar to the NFL where, like, the first round is on TV. It's on MLB Network, right? All the eyes are on it. But baseball, there's right. a lot of rounds after. Where did you think you were going to go? Just give me what happened on the day you ended up getting drafted. Um, to be really honest with you, I thought I was a first-round pick, you know. But, um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. But I was, I was actually at the house, and I was watching it on my computer, and I was – talking with my agent he was kind of giving me a little like hints of like who was going to take me and stuff and he finally told me that the Pirates planned on taking me in the fourth round and kind of just broke down and cried because I feel like that's a especially as a just a baseball player in general that's that's the dream you always want to get drafted and prolong your career as much as you can and it was just a, a huge blessing just to know that all of my hard work had paid off yeah no doubt about it the, did you did you think the Pirates, like, that's one thing I don't really know about the MLB draft. So many rounds, so many players. Like, do you hear from multiple teams? Were the Pirates in? Did you just get drafted and found out you were going to the Pirates? Do you have conversations with a bunch of teams? Yeah, so, like, usually during the fall, like, you have, like, your pre-draft meetings and you you meet with, uh, with, with each team's kind of, like, uh, like with one of the team scouts and they kind of just ask you different questions and things like that. So I was in communication with, I would say maybe 25 out of the 30 teams. So there's a bunch of dialogue there. And a lot of them were 
kind of split. They didn't know if they wanted to draft me as a pitcher, draft me as an outfielder, both. So I think the the dialogue between all the teams were were good. It was really good. I like that. That's another just wrinkle to it. Where where are you actually going to play when you get drafted? You said you thought you were going to be a first-rounder. The stats matched up. You had a great career at FSU. Is that something? Obviously, you haven't forgot it because you just told it to me four years later, three years later. You still think about that often? Like, hey, I'm going to prove these people wrong for waiting three, four rounds to pick me. Absolutely. I feel like that's just another chip on my shoulder that I've just always wanted to prove that I'm one of the best baseball players out here and I. And I continue to strive to, to show that. Absolutely. I got a couple more for you. J.C. Flowers with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, celebrating local baseball. Let's take you back, man, the high school days, Trinity Christian. Uh, teammates with Austin Martin, right? You guys were teammates at the same time? Yes, sir. That's that, wow, What a team, by the way, what a team. But just give me some, give me your favorite memory, something you'll never forget from the high school days when you were out there with the boys. Um, I would say I have... Two. Um, one would be the 2015 team I was on. We ended up winning state, and that was my first year at the school. So just, I think that's always a memory I hold, just being with relatively new guys, but it felt like I was playing with those guys my whole life. And I think, I think more so, like, from the high school memories, it's, it's the long the long practices or, like, the long days that you remember the most because you know that you're out there with your your best friends just grinding it out, doing doing the same thing every day. So I think just the practices are what I miss most or what I what I would say hold more memory in my mind. I respect that answer so much. As a someone that played baseball in high school, not the level you were at, I do not look back fondly on running poles. I'm just going to be honest with you. I know you probably ran a pole or two in your day. I do not miss those moments at all. So I appreciate not the fact that you do. <laughs> uh I, I lied. I got two more for you, and then we'll get you out of here. I really appreciate it. There's been a lot of talk in the off season leading up to this year about the conditions of minor league baseball, kind of what your pay, what you, how you guys live when you're still in the minors. You're now in double-A. You're, you're on the doorstep of triple-A, which is obviously the doorstep of the majors. You've right. been through it, though. Like, what are you guys in better conditions now? Like, what's kind of the situation you guys are living in right now in Altoona? I would say there's a there's been a tremendous uh, jump from where we were when I first got into pro ball in 2019 until now. I would say right now they've taken care of the housing for us and like paying our rent and stuff. So that's been a, a huge blessing. And I mean, I feel like there's always more that you can do. No one's ever going to be satisfied. So I mean, for me, I, I've been very content on the changes that they've made. But I'm sure there's more to come. My thanks to J.C. Flowers. Really good conversation with him, and I appreciate him answering that question about the minor league conditions because I know that could be uh, a tough one for him, but he, he was good about answering the question, and uh, he's probably right. It's getting better, and there's still more they could probably do. So I'm sure we will see that as we go along, but as we go along, we got gambling picks for the weekend coming up on the other side of the break. Action Sports Jacks, Overtime, ESPN 690. Casey Kurtz with you, and we will give you the locks for the weekend and some NFL over-unders on the other side. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Go answer the question for the tickets. I think we're drawing them pretty soon. ESPN690.com on the contest page. Win your 
win your way into NASCAR Bill Burr tickets up there as well. You know me and Brian Milton have been trying to get them Bill Burr tickets, right? Can't win them because we work here, but, you know, if nobody else wins them, me and Brian Milton are going to take them. Whether the company wants us to or not, me and Brian Milton will be at that show for free. I don't know how yet. We're going to be at that show for free. Action Sports, Jack's Overtime, ESPN 690. On a Friday, Brian Middleton, MIA, missing in action. Weekend, holiday, birthday break for Brian Middleton. He is not here. Casey Kurtz, though, I am here with you on OT. And it's time for gambling picks of the weekend. If I know a guy that wants to win those NASCAR tickets, it's Kevin Jenkins Jr. Lions Jr., right? You want them NASCAR tickets or what? Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. ESPN690.com on the contest page. Brother, you might win. Got to answer the trivia question. Now, I'm telling you folks, we're drawing it soon. Go be Jenkins Jr. to it. But don't get those Bill Burr tickets, though, because I want those for sure. Lock it up. Anyway, Junior, how are we doing on a Friday? At least somebody showed up to work, right? Brian Middleton, who knows? I had to pick up the slack. I, I pretty much did not do my best on the trivia, so I had to bring it today to redeem myself. Yeah, you did lose the trivia. By the way, Chase Bunker from 104.5 WOKV beat me on the trivia this week, so now you're the only person to lose to me at this point. It might end up that way, so uh, we'll yeah. see. Next week we got special guest uh, Chip Kurtz going to take me on in the trivia, so we'll see how that plays out, my own father. Um, but right now, Jenkins, you're the only loser in the trivia. Chase Bunker, the only winner. One and one. Are you smarter than Casey Kurtz? Likely. Likely. Junior Gambling Picks for the weekend. What do you have specifically for the weekend? You got some MLB for us or what? Yeah, I have not let us down so far in the MLB, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring one more parlay. We got the uh, Yankees beating Kansas City on Saturday in afternoon game. We have the Dodgers beating Colorado. I know those are two pretty obvious picks, the Dodgers-Yankees. Um, Nestor Cortez against Cranky, Kershaw against Freeland. But um, we're hot right now, so we're trying to stay hot. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Junior. You, you didn't really go out on a limb there, you know? The two no. best teams in the league beating two of the worst teams in the league. Here's the, when you get zero questions right in trivia, you really need to be right about something. That's true, because we could just stop having you on the show. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, so you got the, the Dodgers and Yankees on a Saturday in a parlay. I like it. Let's look at some NFL, some over-unders. The season is not super far away, Jenkins, and we, we look at mostly the rookie players, and we start on the defensive side of the football, obviously the number one pick in the draft on the defensive side of the football. And in Jacksonville, we will get to him in just a second. We will not start with him, as you know. We like to tease into it, but how about the number two pick, Aiden Hutchinson? Over, under, eight and a half sacks. Junior, we talked a lot about the sack number for rookies this week on the show. I will tell you, the rookie, you probably know this, you do your research. The rookie record for sacks from the number one overall pick, so that's uh, a Trayvon Walker question, is only seven and a, or six, seven. Seven and a half would beat that record. So let me ask you this. Aiden Hutchinson, eight and a half over, under, how you feeling? Here's the thing. I, this is crazy, and usually I, I would go under, but I'm actually going to go over here for one simple reason. Really? They play the they play the Bears twice. You could get eight and a half in those two games against the Bears' offensive line. You That's got true. the Seahawks on the schedule as well. Um, I think the Lions are actually going to keep things competitive this year. Be in games. I think. Um, I think he'll have a lot of chances to get back there, and I think he actually goes over. That's interesting because I have the Lions also on a bet behind me on the Degenerate Gambling Board, not finishing last, being a pretty decent team. Um, I do worry about him catching Justin Fields because he's a bit faster, but um, unconfirmed if he has any sacks on him from their time in the Big Ten. But you're going over 8.5 on Aiden Hutchinson, bro. I can't get there. I do respect the answer, 
I cannot get there. The guy I wanted the Jags to pick number one overall, Kavon Thibodeau, over under seven and a half sacks in New York. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go under here just because of the fact that the NFC East, the offensive line projections are, are insane. The Eagles are projected to have the best offensive line in the NFL. The Cowboys, the sixth. The Commanders, the 15th. And they also went out this offseason to sign Trey Turner, the guard. So I'm going to keep Kayvon Thibodeau at under seven and a half. Wow. We disagree again. Junior, give me the over. I think this guy's going to be a problem. Um, you can say all you want about the commander's offensive line, and I'll kind of cite the source that I gave, that you just gave with Justin Fields and the Bears. Uh, he has to play the commanders twice. Carson Wentz does not move around like he did pre-injury. I think Thibodeau's getting at Wentz at least three times. So then can he get Dak at least once? Probably. I don't see him getting Jalen Hurts. They have other teams to play, sure enough. But I think he gets over seven and a half. That's interesting. I like how we're differing in opinion. Talk to me about the number one overall pick right here in Jacksonville. Trayvon Walker, I told you, seven and a half would set the number one pick record. Miles Garrett has seven. Seven and a half would put the record. The number here, though, is six and a half. So let's just start there. Six and a half over under for the number one overall pick in the draft. See, this is this one, I'm, it's going to be an unpopular opinion, of course, but I'm torn here because he only had six sacks uh, his, mm-hmm. his junior year at the University of Georgia. Only nine and a half sacks over his three years at, at Georgia. Um, but then the thing that gets me is the Titans have a, a bad line. Ryan Tannehill's old. He's not quick. Uh, the Texans gave up the ninth most sacks last year in the NFL. Um, I can see this going either way, but I'm going to take the under just because of that sack history at, at Georgia. The under? Junior, the show's in Jacksonville, baby. What are we doing? We're aware. But trust me, I want him to get to that over. But if you're asking me where I'm going to put my money, for right now I'm going to put the under. And by the way, the betting favorite is under over plus 100. So you're literally getting plus money if he goes over. Um, Listen, I'm conflicted. I don't know fully how they're going to use him. Six and a half is low, though. You know, six and a half is low, though, Junior. Listen, I want to be invited back to my own show. The people in Jacksonville want to hear the, the, the truth. But they want to hear what's good for him. Give me the over, Junior. These people are not going to want you back on the show. What are you doing? Hey, trust me. Next season, when it's Trayvon Walker over under 15 because he has 14 this there it year, is. then, you know, we'll, we'll be talking. There it is. I like that. Let's do the receivers quickly. A lot of them. But we're only going to hit a few. Traylon Burks taking over for A.J. Brown in Tennessee. The number is 869.5 in yards and and 5.5 touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill under center, who I all of a sudden do not believe in. Take either of those stats or both. What do you think is going to happen with Traylon Burks in Nashville? See, the sad thing is I love Traylon Burks. I think he's going to be incredible. But I'm going to go under on the 869.5 just because of the fact that you have Ryan Tannehill, who I think his age is starting to show. And then you have uh, Malik Willis behind him, which I'm not throwing. I'm not trying to throw shade on either of them. But there is, like, the quarterback battle right now in Tennessee. And even though they did lose A.J., I don't think Traylon Burks is, is a real solid lock to go over 869.5. Yeah. I go, I go under as well there. I think the touchdowns though five and a half I could see, but I go, I go under with the yards. By the way, didn't, didn't, don't want to spend a lot of time on this one. Sky Moore in Kansas City six eighty and a half. I'm going way over because they, Patrick Mahomes has to throw to somebody that's not Travis Kelsey. I'm going to go under on that one just wow. because of the fact that he he was a second rounder, not a first rounder. So I don't think they need to immediately use him. They also signed Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and got Juju. So that one I'm 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 going to go under as well. 
Junior, my guy, I don't know if you know this, this is my guy, Drake London. He goes to Atlanta. Great pick by the Falcons. Marcus Mariota, though, will be the question. Seven, let me get this right, 764 and a half is the yards. Four and a half touchdowns is the over-under. What do you think about Drake London in his first year in Hotlanta? Yeah, and I'm not going to try to offend any Atlanta fans. I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot this year, which is great for your boy Drake London. Yeah, it is. And they have no other receivers. Zacchaeus, Brian Edwards, and Kyle Pitts, who showed he wasn't really a, a huge red zone threat. So give me the over on the yardage and the touchdowns. This guy, Drake London, he's something. Give me the overs on both as well. Drake London is going to be that dude. Falcons fans, though. Huh. It would suck to be one of those, no doubt about it. I wish I knew some of those. Anyway, uh, last one. You you are you're a semi Packers fan, right? You know, family's a Packers fan, right? A big big Packers family, yeah, that's for sure. Big big Packer family. Talk to me about Christian Watson. The only weapon they got, Aaron Rodgers, six seventy five receiving yards. Seems low for a guy that I feel like they have to have be good. It does, considering, like I said. Marcus Valdez Cantling left, Devontae Adams left, uh, Robert Tunyon had knee surgery, and or I believe it was knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's not going to be playing. Um, I find it hard to believe that Christian Watson will be under 675 this year with all those guys out, and Aaron Rodgers um, a little upset because of the, the comments being made about him. Yeah, no, that that is true. He's, he's going to have to throw to somebody, and I, I like that too, by the way. I like over. All day and twice on Sunday. I don't know if he's picking him in fantasy, but all day, twice on Sunday. Junior, bring in the heat as you always do. Gambling picks for the weekend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Yep. Thanks for having me. That's my man Jenkins. Junior giving us the heat going into the weekend. Dodgers and Yankees on Saturday in the parlay. Really going out on a limb there, that guy. Anyway, the overrunners in the NFL. We'll pull those. We'll check on the stats as we go along. We had our last break of the show, and then we go to Jumbo Shirt Baseball. Stick with us. The game is on deck on ESPN 690. Oh, we definitely got one and a half feet at least in the parking lot at this point in time. Action Sports Jacks overtime. ESPN 690. Brian Middleton is off. Casey Kurtz, though, still with you for another couple of minutes right here on OT. Obviously, Brian Middleton will be back on Monday. Brent, Aaron, and myself will be back as well. But right now, it's time to go to Gwinnett, which is not actually Gwinnett. Gwinnett County, Matt, I I know you told me. I forgot already. But nonetheless, (laughs) it's where the Jumbo Shrimp are and going for yet another win, right? It's been pretty dominant up there in Georgia, let's just say. Yeah, they're going for four in a row in the series. However, they won their contest on Sunday against the Charlotte Knights, so they're actually going for five wins in a row which would be the second highest so far for Jacksonville as a winning streak. They have a season high of seven wins in a row. And they got a great pitching effort last night. Their 10th shutout, which passes their total from last year. Jacksonville had 10 shutouts in 130 games last year. And this year they needed, they got 10 shutouts and they haven't even eclipsed the century mark in games played. We're at game 97. It's incredible. I like that. Domination on the bump. Hey, I think I saw on Twitter, I've had a busy day, right? I had a wing-eating contest against Aaron Schachter that I won, so that took up most of my day. And now I've been a championship belt. You know what's funny? We have a belt in here. I didn't put it on. What a dumb move, huh? Uh, But I am getting a gift card, which is the most important part. But I think I saw on Twitter, did a bunch of guys from the shrimp get called up today? I feel like I did see that. Yes. So uh, Charles LeBlanc and Jake Fishman had officially 
have officially been added to the Marlins roster. We got some corresponding moves earlier. Three pitchers have been added, so we're now back up to 16. But heading into the month of August and September, we could be looking at a little bit of a new look for Jacksonville that could look vastly different from the opening day starting uh, starting roster. It's very interesting, especially with the trade deadline looming as well. Yeah, no doubt. But I think, too, by the way, the two guys, Jake Fishman and Charles LeBlanc, definitely worthy and definitely good dudes, all-world people, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, the beautiful thing about with Jacksonville is, you know, Charles is a great guy, Jake is, they're both incredible human beings. We've just got a great overall clubhouse, great characters, great guys, and they play hard, and they're all doing really well. And Charles LeBlanc finished his Jacksonville tenure a couple days ago, his average above 300, so he went 90-plus games into the season with a 300 or better average, and he well-deserved this call-up, and Miami selected him in the minor league phase of the Rule of Five draft, so you know they saw something in him, and to see that hard work pay off really is great, and especially also Jake Fishman, also a Rule of Five guy, just to see them both go up there, it's really great to see. And everybody in the clubhouse was celebrating after the game yesterday. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Definitely excited for those guys and happy for the other guys that will now have a chance on the Jumbo Shrimp to earn their way to Miami as well. Matt, have a great weekend. Have a great call this weekend, and we will talk to you again on Tuesday, all right? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.